drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Twin Lions. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? Wednesday, we are here and uh, I sound jacked up, but I, I definitely have been in depression over this football game on Sunday. Everybody in Detroit knows what I'm talking about. We're going to detail it all today. It's going to be full of rants. We're going to be full of energy. We're going to have some arguments. Um, definitely disappointment over this football game, but uh, got to introduce the man of the hour, Grifka. What's going on, buddy? Oh man, it's uh nice that football season's back, but you're right, man. Still have that uh punched in the gut feeling right now. Oh my goodness. I, I told a buddy it was one of the top ten. This is in my top ten of hardest um Detroit or just sports games in general to stomach. You know, that that's how bad it was on Sunday for me. Yeah, it was definitely it was one of those things where you know, I, I talk with a buddy at work and he's always like, you know, I don't talk crap because stuff always seems to go awry. And, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and people are posting all stuff. And I'm just like, man, I should post something. And I just like, no, I'm not. Something always seems to go awry. And it just, you know, I'm like, oh, gosh, but we'll, we'll get into it here. We can talk about it. It doesn't surprise me at all that. So, so you're that guy or the, the other guy at work is that guy because – He's that guy that never talks junk about like, oh, you know, we're going to kick your butt. We're going to do this. And in the middle of the game, talk about how bad somebody, you know, for like his favorite team. You know, and I don't do that either. I'm just like, it always seems like, you know, I'm, you know, tempting fate, you know. So uh, I try not to do that, but I guess it doesn't matter. So (laughs) Rivka, it doesn't surprise me at all that you're that guy. And it annoys me because you know you want to. And the other thing is, there's nothing wrong with talking a little junk, having a little fun. The the, the problem is, the person that does it afterwards that that goes that goes your style. Oh man, I I, I just see what happens on on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is. And then their team wins or something, and they come back yakking. You got to yak in the beginning. And then deal with it if they lose, or like if you yak in the beginning, you get to have fun afterwards if your team takes care of business. So that that's how it works, man. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of guys that work that are always yakking. They're Ohio State fans, so oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we we get along. We get along good, so we'll yak back and forth that way. And we're just always we always bet like a pop and stuff, and he'll bet me on a pop, and I'm like, okay. He's like, Michigan's playing this guy, bet you pop. And I'll be like, okay, Ohio State's playing this team, I'll bet you pop. And, you know, it's always nice like that. But, you know, when, yeah, he, he'll, he'll like call me up for something. He's like, did I tell you that Michigan sucks? And that's always his opening line. It's just like, yeah, once or twice you've said it. So, uh, you know, like, what you need? You know, stuff like that. So, uh, I, I just see Griff go, like, you know, biting his tongue or like thinking that if you make some comment about the game that it's somehow going to impact the outcome that's that's what i see you doing why you don't do it because you think if you say something that somehow that's going to jinx everything that's that's right. what i see from you. well let's put it this way 
It's fun. Oh, I don't. I'm, I'm not a superstitious person. Like Friday the 13th is coming up, and I don't <laughs> care. And I don't care about walking under ladders and opening umbrellas in the building and spilling salt. But when it comes to like sports, I used to play rec basketball, and it's just like, and if we won, I would wear the same undershirt under my jersey without washing it. You know, after the prior game, and if we lost, okay, I can wash it. And I would switch the shirt. I would wear a completely different shirt. It sounds stupid. Same thing. Same <laughs> it thing is stupid. I, same thing when I played like, you know, rec softball, did the same. Didn't wash the socks if we won. And one year we were really good. So like my socks, needless to say, were utterly terrible. And I actually had to wear like a pair of other socks underneath my socks because they were that disgusting. You know, so, but it's funny. I'm like superstitious when it comes to sports, but I'm not when it, like just regular things I'm like black cats, you know, stuff, <laughs> breaking a mirror. And so I'm like, that's just stupid. When it comes to sports, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like when I would play baseball. Like when I, like, like I said, you know, I played oh, baseball, you know, gosh. and I'm just like, don't walk on the line. What are you doing? It's like a dragged infield. What are you doing? You don't walk on a dragged infield before the game. What are you Gr- Grifka, hold, hold on. You're breaking some rules right now. Come on. You're getting out of hand for a lot of, a lot of different ways. Now, do you still do this with the Lions? We got to move this show on, but do you still do this stupid crap? Okay. Here's a, to be honest with you, get about to be honest with you. If, it was like one of those things like, you know, like I wore like a Lions t-shirt and they won. I would find that same Lions t-shirt the next week and wear it again during the game. You know, like, okay, this is the one I wore. You know, I know it's not affecting Stafford throwing or, any, you know, slay making plays or anything like that. But in my mind, it does. They know I'm here supporting them wearing this t-shirt. Like, we got to do this for Mike because he's got that same t-shirt that he wore last week. So yes, Got, got sports that. team. Yep, Krifka, but, <laughs> but but this is again where you lie to the people. You only have one lion shirt. I mean, I had to go out of my way hey, to thank you for hey. your hilarity and give you some lions gear because you have one shirt, one hat. That's hey, all you have. You should, you should. Well, you saw the one I I, I would wear out in public, like when we go by. <laughs> I had a couple shirts that were like there were like holes underneath the arms and like the bottom seams getting all chewed up, you know. But, you know, like ones that you know, like. <laughs> During the summer and spring, I'm wearing, like, cutting the grass and stuff like that, you know. That, you know, and, like, okay, fall season, I can't wear that for anything. Those are the shirts I would wear because all the luck is still in them, you see. That's how it works. Ah, ah. Oh, my goodness, Well, Okay, uh, so so we can blame you for all these losses in the past decade with your shirts and your superstitions. You just got to talk junk, have fun, deal with the outcomes, and that's what we're going to do today. But uh, so, Grifka, no real news and notes off the top, right? Nothing big. No, nothing, nothing big. Besides, let's uh, let's talk about this game. All right, let's get into it. Let's let's take a break, get a couple of our good sponsors in here, and then when we come back, I'm gonna start it off right, Grifka. It's gonna be a tough game to talk about. There's gonna be some um, big issues, some big arguments. Me and you gotta have about a few football players. And uh, I think when we come back from the break, I'll kick it off right with a couple Carusos that hit me right before we came on uh, on live here. So uh, we'll do that when we get back. Sound like a plan? Yeah, I'm looking forward to these Carusos, man, because, you know, I always jack them up and you always got to correct me on them. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, everybody, uh, please listen to our sponsors. Please visit their websites. Please, uh, you know, use their services. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, we're back. Um, Told you before the break that... uh... It's going to be a tough football game to talk about, but we're going to start off with two Caruso's. He's just hit me, Griffka. These are basically live off the cuff. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm dying for these. All right. Let's see if I can nail this. Well, Griff, I guess you could say Sunday in Arizona. It just wasn't in the cards. All right, so that that was number one, and then this gem hit me. Well, Griff, if R. Kelly made a song about the game, it might be something like, I believe we can tie. (laughs) So uh, so that's what I got. That that second one was better than the first one. Oh man, a little little fun off the top. Got uh, got got both those in again. I've been teaching people on Twitter the Carusos, and, and I do them on the show. I do the Well Griff, but when I when I do them on Twitter, it's Well Frank. It's a shout out to Frank Ribble. It's a shout out to how I always heard him back in the day. And then I tell people the punchline comes at the end. You got to set it up. It doesn't have to be exactly like a player's name or this. It has to be an innuendo to something. But you set it up. And then you pause, and then you hit it, and then you got to hit the music. So people have been having fun with those, sending us like their best Caruso's with a little uh, Twitter link to the music, stuff like that. It's super funny. So there's our laugh, Griffin. Now we actually got to talk about this game. So uh, okay, wait, wait, yeah, wait, man. Down the mood. <laughs> Sunday in Arizona, man. I again, I don't know how we're gonna tackle this, but of course you know me. I'm gonna start um, just with some absolute Detroit Kool Aid right out the get go. I mean. Grifka, we played so well in this football game. We Kyler Murray couldn't do a damn thing. Matt Stafford had that had that fire back in his eyes as well as that right arm of his. Like he's slinging around, he's making good decisions. You know, Carry On didn't get firing like I like to see him, but other than that, we're uh, doing big things. I mean, this guy, I believe he's going to come up probably in the next segment, but TJ Hawkinson was doing real big things all over the football field. I mean, we're dominating this game for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, it goes what I like to call Grifka. And you know what happened from there. So Grifka, what the hell happened in the fourth quarter? I'm sure you'd like to tackle that part. They went all lions is what they did. 
No, no, no. They went all lines. Oh my gosh. To be more specific, to you know, once again, I'm going to like debate Matt Pat and what he said, how they kept the pedal to the metal and they kept playing aggressive. You you could see it in the fourth quarter. What they really did is the defensive backs. uh, They played. They played a little more nickel. They took um, Snacks Harrison out. He didn't play nearly as much in the fourth quarter. You know, probably realizing what they're up 18 points and thinking that they're going to, you know, obviously the Cardinals are going to pass. And I know the mindset, you know, it's one of those things that coaches do. It's like, you know, let them complete all the stuff in front of them. Don't let plays get behind you. And that's what they were doing. They were playing so soft and was and for as bad as Murray looked with his accuracy, he was trying to fit balls in tight windows when the lines were pressing and they were playing close and the cushion was, it wasn't there. And then they started to give the cush. So it's just a little, it's an easy, you know, you know, tossing catch is what it is. And it just got him a lot of confidence is what it did. And, you know, I, I, Matt Peck can say, Oh no, we kept it going. No, you didn't. Everybody saw it. I mean, there was plays, they're running stick routes to get the first down and the guys are breaking the routes off at the sticks and your guy is still five yards behind him. And like I said, don't, don't let him get past. Don't let him get by him. But still, I mean, all it did was give Murray all this confidence because the pass rush did wear down. It, it did. I mean, they were chasing him around a lot. I mean, they really were. The Lions were getting some pressure in. Kennard, three sacks. Um, and even when they didn't sack him, they were chasing around. His first interception, you know, they were chasing around. So, yeah, they probably did get a little tired. And I can't understand, you know, Harrison, yeah, he's not known as a pass rusher, but he was out there. He knocked down, what, two or three balls? I, I can't understand why they pulled him more. You know, to pull what was it? Kevin Strong, I, I believe, is who who got a lot more snaps, and he really didn't show up. So that's my biggest problem there is that they they kind of went prevent esque, and just to kind of keep the clock rolling, and the rookie quarterback just got a lot of confidence going. All right, can can you take a breath, Griffin? Yeah, that's kind of what I did there before I went on to the offensive side of the ball. So go <laughs> ahead, you can rebut and tell me how the defense still played well. Okay. Yes. I I would like to get back to some positives and I will address some of the things you said as well. So a couple things you missed, uh, that, that the guy formerly AKA formerly known as, uh, seven, four, seven had one of the greater interceptions I've ever seen. The go, go gadget arms were in full effect, went up and got the football, a little toe drag swag for Nate Bertelson right on the sideline, dropped those two toes in for an incredible interception. Yeah, in the beginning, I think Kyler Murray had 70 yards for three quarters. He couldn't run. He couldn't throw. He couldn't complete anything. We were playing just solid defense. Like you said, Kennard's getting after the quarterback. We're setting edges. You know, Trey Flowers is still not even firing on full cylinder like I hoped he would. He's sort of in and out. I thought our, um, you know, without Jared Davis, I thought, you know, linebacking play was pretty good. My 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 guy of the game, who you kind of just brushed over, but you did say it was, they were playing tighter early. I want to say Rashad Melvin had one of the greater football games I've ever watched from a Lions cornerback. Every time they threw it, this guy's getting his hand on the football. I probably had three, four PBUs. Uh, he was just he was just sticking to his guy like glue and got his hand on the football. All he didn't do was was take one back or house it or whatever, but played great. I just kept like yelling at my TV, going like, uh, Rashad Melvin's balling out. Like, remember I was sort of like wishy-washy on the guy like what's he done you know this and the other man I loved how he played but then of course he goes down sort of like the worst moments and you know has a little sometimes I get annoyed when they barely go over the sideline they might run into somebody and they like have to check out for a play it's like there's no there's no grit like 
You know, it's like you're a football player. You take way worse hits in a game, but you barely touch a cameraman or fall off to the sideline weird. And it's like, oh, I need a couple plays off. Like, we need you at that point in the game. So I didn't like that from him. But, I mean, yeah, the defense played well. I mean, every time you thought something bad was maybe going to happen or Tide was going to turn, the offense, too, would make a throw or two. And, I mean, the, the touchdown to Kenny, I mean, you had to love the high stepper. Um, just was a beauty to, to watch. I mean – Gosh, there was so much to love about it. And like you say, to address some of your points, I mean, I, yeah, maybe they maybe they pulled back a little bit. But like you said, you're up 18. I mean, there's no way that they should have been able to put together the type of things they put together in those heaves where he just heaved it up and Larry Fitzgerald just turns eight ways to Sunday and finds the football. I mean, yeah, go try to do those ever again. Like there was just so many things that annoyed me. And like – to sum it all up, I know we'll probably still go back and forth a little bit here, but I loved how the Lions played. I was so jacked up after the Hawkinson touchdown to put him up, and it's the fourth quarter. And then by the time the game ended, I was like breathing a sigh of relief saying, like, I still hate it, but thank goodness we tied. Because I, I swear we were, we were beat at least three, four times there at the end, and we somehow, like, got lucky to pull out a tie is how I felt. I mean, it was... I hate a tie. It feels like a loss, but we were very fortunate. I think the way that we kind of crumbled there and the way the lions just could not make a play then in overtime, they go right down the field and somehow we stiffen up. Like, I mean, I guess the positive I can spin is it wasn't a loss and you did make a few plays there to sort of get the tie, but yeah, it's just ridiculous that they were able to continually make plays. Even the two point conversion was, too easy you know it was like I was like all right here just stop this two point like we did against Carolina in this football game and they just run like a play you'd run on the first day of mini camp like Tracy I don't know what he's doing he couldn't get over the, the the pick they said or whatever it was and just frustrating how simple that was to have. not only score the points but to make that crucial play look so easy um very frustrating so all right now I'm out of breath it's okay, because now we're going to talk about the offense, what happened. Uh, like you said, um, the uh, offense was really opening up. I mean, they were, uh, they at one point, you know, the kept throwing stats, talking about how Bevel wanted to come in and, you know, make it more balanced, and it was. And even the running game, it just didn't seem to get going very well. But when Stafford needed to make a pass, he was doing it. He was fitting in nice windows. Yeah, and, uh, um, I, I know you're going to bring up Hawkinson. I realize that, so I'll save that for you. But the one pass play that he actually made to Jesse James, Jesse James kind of bracketed, and he still fitted in that tight window. And James made a great catch. He really did. And, you know, it was a nice catch, ran for a first down. And there were some other catches, uh, other throws he made to um, Amendola, really nice. And, you know, you know, Marvin Jones had a great game, you know, as well. And whenever they needed the pass, it was there. But then once again, the fourth quarter, you know, one of those things, you don't want to make the mistake, and it just became run, run, pass. You know, it became, you know, very, you know, very easy to telegraph, you know, this is what they're going to do. And the defense could, you know, you know, obviously jam the line a little more and leave them third and long. And sorry, man, Taylor Decker, he's probably the worst offensive lineman on this team. He sucks. Okay. Get your little punch thing out. Like boom, boom, boom. Next time he sees you. What? The next time he'll see me, he'll just hold me or I'll just run right by him and watch. And he can like stumble over his own feet and he can yell at Stafford. Hey, somebody's coming. Cause then know that happened a whole bunch too. Hey, and don't get me wrong. I, I realize, like you said, you know, you know, Terrell Suggs, he's, he's, he's good, but the guy's old. Come on, man. You're the left tackle. You're supposed to take out guys been in the league, you know, longer than Jim Brown. Okay. I mean, 
give me a break. You know, again, Chandler Jones, you know, he had his way a little bit with Rick Wagner, but at your left tackle. I mean, there was a couple of them. It's just like, like, like come on, dude. Are you even trying? I mean, really, are you, I mean, are you really trying? It's like, here, Matt, let me help you pick you up. Sorry about that. Got him next time. And like my favorite thing, like where he taps his hand on his chest like my bad. Yeah, we know it's your bad. Everybody freaking saw it, you piece of garbage. You suck, dude. I mean, sorry. Bye, Taylor Decker. You're 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 trash, dude. Go get another block O on your other arm, there, stud. Yeah, like I was saying before, you're not you're not gonna bring it. You're, nobody's gonna mistake you for Orlando Pace, okay? Gosh, you're hot garbage, dude. Get out of here. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go waste another first round pick on a good left tackle as opposed to some average piece of trash. I know I compare him to Jeff Backus. I think I'm starting to think that's a disservice to Jeff Backus. That's how crappy Taylor Decker is. Okay, he sucks. Your turn. I'm <laughs> Griff, I was about to say, are you really about to do a whole Taylor Decker rant and not compare him to Jeff Backus? But you got it in, so good for you. That's another bill. Um, Grifka, like, we got so much to do in this show. We can't belabor all these points. I know the people want to hear our takes on the game. We knew you were going to get this in. Why? Because he played terrible, and anybody with two eyes can see that. So. You, you did have a good rant, but it's it's picking on the obvious, and you just wanted to get it in because you've been saying he's, I don't know, he's 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 not, not great. That great. <laughs> he's not so, that great. And he proved that this week. I mean, again, I've been standing up for the guy mostly because I want to see him. I mean, I don't know, do this to you. Wait for it, <laughs> or the choke slam that I've been talking about, but like. Like, everybody has a terrible day at the office. Everybody that watched this game knows this was a terrible game from any. It doesn't matter what the jersey name says. I mean, he was off. He was had, what, four or five penalties. He gave up some sacks. He got gave up, like, seven or eight pressures. So did Rick Wagner, by the way, your other favorite player. Like, yeah. it was an absolute debacle. But, I mean, again, you, you don't just grade a player on one day or one terrible game. Yeah, you haven't liked him. And, yeah, he hasn't been a an elite pro bowler, but again, you can't have those at every position. So yeah, if he comes out the next couple of games and is an absolute sieve, yeah, we've got a huge issue and, and we're going to address that issue either in the draft, free agency, whatever it is moving forward. But you know, maybe, maybe he bounces back. So like, this is, this is Grifka syndrome where you're sitting in your lazy boy rocking back and forth. You watch the game and you're just going to go nuts on this guy. And it's like, what if he comes back next week and you don't hear his name once, then what? I, I so, would be a we get, surprised considering he's going up against Joey Bosa. Right. I, I would yeah, be amazed a, by we'll, that. We'll keep an eye on it because everybody's got their tar- bullseye right on this guy. And for good reason, after the way he played on Sunday, but it doesn't come down just to one player. So, you know, good, good rant on Taylor Decker. You got that in Grifka. Let's keep this show moving. We'll talk, continue to talk about the game a little bit, but since you got that in, I got a little rant for you. It's about this guy named TJ Hawkinson. I like to call him. Uh, TD Hawkinson, the Hawk, Hawkamania. Oh, baby, if we're going to say that, we might as well get the music out. Uh, Hawkamania Grifka was running wild, brother. He, he was, he had the 20 inch pythons. He was eating the vitamins. He had it all going. You know why? Because you're talking smack about him all day, every day, saying this guy was uh, no good, couldn't play. And I was telling you, he's going to be stud. You said, oh, he might put up a couple catches a game, maybe 20, 30 yards. 
You know what TJ Hawkinson did on Sunday, Grifka, as a rookie in his first NFL game? Yeah, a buck 30 plus and a touch. How do you like that, son? Because I was I was just loving it all day long. He's catching the ball fluidly. He's running after the catch. Matt Stafford throwing an absolute, I don't even know what you call it. It was like a fadeaway jump ball across the grain, and it just looked like a layup for both of them. They, he just went up and snagged it like no big deal, threw the old hawk spike down, um, which is going to be the, the new hotness in Detroit. Everybody's going to be waiting for the hawk spike. And you're sitting over there hating it. I, I just let you sit on it, too. I didn't send one text. I didn't say one word. I sent one tweet right before we went on the air today, which was just TJ Hawkins and saying, it doesn't matter what my stats are. It's all about the team. And I was just like, oh, let me just tag Grifka in this because I haven't said a word. So Grifka, you've been beating up on Hawkins. He's our number eight pick. It just pisses me off because he's on our football team and he's super important and he goes and balls out. What do you guys say for yourself? Well, yeah. I said it preview in the last show. I go, um, and, you know, maybe they'll get him in the office. Be nice offense. It's nice to see. Um, but yeah, he had a, he had a great game. He really did. There was times he was just running wild and free. I'm just like, nobody's guarding this guy. And like you said, you know, we were chatting, you know, before this, it's just like teams will adjust to him. Teams will adjust to him. That's, that's Rick, what it is. That's, and, and that, but that, then that means Bevel's going to have to change oh to get him back open again. I mean, give, it's one of those give, things. Give me your take again that you put on Twitter after everybody was hitting you up saying, what now, Grifka? What about Hawkinson now? What would you say? D- defenses will adjust to him. Ah, you. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Had to drop the hammer on you because I saw that on Twitter and I'm like, look at this. This guy plays on the Detroit Lions. This guy has put up 130 and a touchdown at the tight end position in the opener. Basically, single handedly helped us, you know, get up 18 and win this football game. And your and your take was, oh, defenses will catch up. Watch. It's like it's like you wanted him to suck the next few games. Like it it pissed me I'm off so saying, bad. Well, That's not I'm a good saying, call. That's not a very good call. If everybody's expecting 150 yards and two touches, it's not going to happen. Defenses will adjust. I mean, that's it's the not. NFL. But you know what a you know what a Lions fan would say? Oh man, I was wrong. Like man, he's having a great game. Maybe I was wrong. He's a great football player. It's it's not. Nobody is saying he's going to put up these numbers all day every day. But for you not to even acknowledge and act like, well, I wait, sure wait, hope wait, the wait, LA hold Chargers. Hold on, hold on take him out next week so I can like go tell the people how much I hate tight ends again. So, I mean, it, once again, for you bagging on me for picking on Taylor <sighs> Decker, like, Oh, that's easy pickings. I'm sorry. This is like easy pickings on me. Yeah. I didn't think he'd have a great game. He had a great game. Oh, this is going to happen every week. No, it won't. Defenses will adjust. You Nobody. Know, did I say it's going to happen every week? I'm talking about right now. And I'm talking about you going on Twitter. So just one, going, oh, defense will catch game. up. He had one good game, and now everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you'll get us bust out for Canton. Get the yellow jacket sized right now. Come on. He had one game. Grifka, do I need to go pull the tape where you said he'd probably have 300 yards and a couple touchdowns for the year? No, I mean, I know I said it. I stand (laughs) by it. I mean, come on. All right, well, he'd have to average about 5 to 10 yards a game for the rest of the year for your prediction to come true. I'm just letting you know. No, you're not the best with math sometimes. 
it's okay. So that, that's that's my Hawkinson rant. Now, Griffka, now here's what a noble person would do. So you ranted about Taylor Decker. I gave a little back just saying, like, hey, let's see how he plays. I just got after you for TD Hawkinson because the people wanted it, and they knew it was coming, and I, I was glad I got it out of my system. Hawkamania is going to be running wild all season long. Stats, no stats. The guy's going to block, catch, score touchdowns, be an absolute fan favorite for Detroit. So a noble man would say, okay, Grifka, there's a certain other player that's often uh, spoken about on this show that uh, had kind of a rough week, and uh, you have a certain take on him that the people love to hear every week. So I'm going to cue up the soundbite, and then you can take, uh, I don't know, maybe a minute or two to uh, beat me up about this. So this is your wonderful take that, at least in week one, actually came true. I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there. <laughs> Baker. Yeah, yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. Mark it down. Week one, he sucked. Go ahead. You've got about a minute before I drop the hammer on you again. All right, you're going to come back and tell me how good he was. Yeah, he looked really awesome out there. He had one good drive, and I'm like, I'm, I'm watching this game. I'm thinking I'm going to watch a Cleveland Browns game just so I can look at him. And he had one game, and he drove him down the first drive. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to hear about this, how great he is. And then he turned into Baker Mayfield. And I'm like, yep. What happened? The defense adjusted. Like, the coaches, which on paper, Cleveland should have wiped the floor with these guys. But, no, Baker Mayfield just, you know, had, had a nice time, you know, throwing the ball to, like, nobody or throwing it to the other team. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield turned into Baker Mayfield. So, that's what happens when you play in a college division or a college conference where they play zero defense and then you actually got to play somebody, you know, that actually, like, has some tape on you and they know how to adjust and everybody on the field's fast. So, nice job, Baker Mayfield. Looking forward to all these awesome stats and picks that you throw this year. Now that, you know, you have, uh, you know, the NFL now has enough tape on you to say, like, yeah, he sucks at this and sucks at this. All we got to do is take away this and he'll turn into, like, a crappy quarterback. Oh, wait, he, he's not turning into a crappy. He already is a crappy quarterback. So, he is what he thought we were, he was. So. Okay. Are you, are you done? I hope I took my whole minute there. I don't know if you got yeah. a clock on me or not. Yeah, I was about to drop the hammer. But, yeah, I'm going to admit it. Again, a noble man would say, yes, he played terrible in week one. And this is why me and you yell at each other every few uh, episodes because you think that this one game makes his career. I think you're forgetting the guy threw for about 30 touchdowns last year. Uh, he's just getting going with these new weapons that he has. So, yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, he killed me in, in a couple fantasy football leagues, but – it's one week, man. Like same with the lions, one week, terrible loss. Like let's get over it. Let's keep this thing moving. So um, I'm not worried about it, but Baker Mayfield, I hate to do this to you, but I got to give you this sound bite. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to perform like that. Pitiful. It sucked. It stunk. That's from Jim Mora from me to you, Baker Mayfield. And uh, I guess I might as well give you one other one while I'm sitting here. Step your game up. Let's go. He's going to turn it around. Monday Night Football, you watch yourself if he's as long as his hand is good. So anyway, I know it's the Lions show, but people love the Baker Mayfield gimmick on the show. We had to give it to him. Grifka, I got a couple got a couple of voicemails, a couple uh, funny ones. These are ones I actually meant to play uh, last week or two, and we just got busy. So I think I'm going to hit you with them. And like I say, these people make me laugh um, and uh, had a just kind of a funny call. So I, I thought I'd play him on the show. You ready? Yeah. All right. Let's listen to this first guy and listen close. I got you. Got to tell me what his name is. The guy's got an incredible delivery. 
Then is we're it gonna, Nuggets uh, McFarland or whatever that one guy was? <laughs> Lafurgis Nuggets is not called back. We, we're waiting on him. We hope so. We're encouraging all the Kool-Aid drinkers to call in and be funny and have a take that doesn't suck, as Jim Rome would say. But uh, hey, What's that number they got to call again? That, that number is 989-272-3484. That's, that's the number, right? Yeah. 989-272-3484. That's on, good. Lafurgis, cheap. We're looking for you. <laughs> exactly we definitely want Lafurge's call back in that was classic stuff and we want everybody to call in good cheap plug by Grifka Grifka give this guy a listen hey man this is Bob Bunker I'm glad if I got into the Detroit Kool-Aid man that's what's up yeah I just want to talk to Grifka Grifka man what's happening brother yeah man teach you how to show rules baby yeah yeah I agree that's what's up man and Derek Okery man let what? me talk to you brother man how long does it take to restore the roar, man? We've been here restore the roar for a few years, man. Man, that's what's up. Just wanted to say what's up to you fellas. Oh, man, hold on. What, Mom? Oh, man, I got to go. B&B out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there's so much to unpack on that call, Griff. Did you make out the name? Uh, I think it was either Bob Barker or Bob in his bunker. I don't know what was going on there. I thought it was Mushmouth. <laughs> from uh fat Albert, but that's what he's saying man um <laughs> I, I again I, can we get a caller that can pronounce my name right i mean I, I did like his take where he got after you about tj hawkinson thought he's gonna ball out he asked me about yeah. restoring the roar yeah yeah bob or or whatever your name is uh yeah i'm i'm waiting for it i sure hope so so uh yeah you know, appreciate the call the defenses will adjust people there you go Oh my God. I jumped through the phone right now. Like you realize he's on our team, right? You do know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then, then, like I said, it's Bevel's job to adjust the offense to get him open again. You know, so, okay. It's right. Bevel's job That's, to call, uh, you know, call a timeout right when, you know, Matt Pat's or, or, you know, Matt Pat, call a timeout. You know, Stafford doesn't know what he's doing. This would have iced the game. So, okay. Well, let's, let, let's get to the timeout in a second, but we got one of the people's favorites here. So we got to, we got to play him. Good old Conrad from Huntsville, Alabama oh, called in. Oh, he's, got, he's, got a little, he's got a little something for, uh, I can't remember if this is both of us. This actually was last week, his prediction for the game. I forgot to get it on the show. Conrad, here you go, buddy. Hey, look here. Hey, it's for Conrad down here in Hunts, Alabama. I just want to make sure that I called in with my prediction for Sunday. We're already Detroit Lions football game. Now, before I do... I just want to play a little jingle that I wrote for my good friend Gripsky. <laughs> now I'm taking a little page out of my buddy Notorious B.I.G. So here we go. A one, a two, a Gripsky, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your takes just irritate me. <laughs> and I can't stand your negativity. And I guess that's why their name and talk is cheap. Thank you. Thank you very much. Incredible. So anyway, going back to the lines. Now, down here in Alabama, roll time, baby. We're going with the Detroit victory. 33 for the Lions. 24 for the Cardinals. 1-0. and Let's go. Conrad. Oh. Oh, oh, my I love, goodness. I love uh, another, calls in. another classic. Oh, my goodness. Rivka, what do you got to say yeah. about that? Uh, I'm starting to think me and Conrad need to have some sort of sing-off. But, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, he just put you in songs like you did Martha Ford back in the day. 
we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to put a compilation disc together, and maybe uh, you know, that'd be great. Sell that or something like that. You know, you know, we like oh, D- <laughs> DK Detroit Kool Aid's greatest hits, man. That'd be awesome. Oh, no doubt. If, I, if there's more hours in the day, I got to get all these calls. I got together. I get Lafurges, the Conrad Classics, um, all these things, and the the same guy that played the first time called in again, and I thought it was humorous enough to put him back on the show. So uh, let's get him in here again. Uh, still don't know his actual name. Hey, man. This is Bob Bunker calling in again, man. Let me tell you, man, I'm here to get my predicament. I'm the Detroit Lions uh, season, man. I think they're going to go 10 and 6, man. 10 and 6, 10 man. And, six. I like and then it. I think Matthew Dapper, man, he's going to throw about 40 touchdowns. 30 of them to TJ Hawkinson, man. Wow. That's <laughs> what's up, man. Man, I really like this show, man. I just don't like the whole road tide baby thing, man. Uh-oh. Why we let road tide call here, man? You know why people in Alabama say road tide? Because they can't spell elephant, man. All right. <laughs> be out. Oh, he closed it with some fire. Oh, man, we have a Conrad. And, and man, I got to get this guy's name. I swear it's Bob. We're going to call him Bob. Bob uh, with some straight fire at Conrad, man. Uh I bet he loves our intro. He's probably like, drink it in, man. And then he just uh, he just talks like that all day long. But uh, yeah. 10 and 6, he's got Stafford throwing a bunch of touchdowns and uh, and, and a crack on Alabama fans. So what would you think about that, Grifka? Man. <laughs> I love that word. They, don't, they say roll tight because they don't want to spell elephant. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> I, no, Bob, I mean, please let us know where you're from just so uh, – Conrad can come back, maybe. I mean, you're going out there, throwing it out there, saying, you know, hey, you know, guys, you know, don't know how to spell elephant. Please let Conrad know, because I'm sure Conrad would love to retort. I don't know, maybe if Conrad knows what retort means, but um, he would love to <laughs> clap back at you. Wait, hold on. Um, he would love to respond to uh, to you, Bob. So. Uh... Oh, man. I thought, like I said, the call line is always open. We're really hoping people will take advantage of these games. I know this one was a tough one, but before the game, call up, give your prediction. I mean, Conroe is pretty close, man. 30, 31, 24, I think he was. That was a pretty good guess. Uh, we love it beforehand if we can get those on before the game happens. But uh, like I said, if you make me laugh, if you do something funny, if you have a good take about the Lions, or if you're just fired up and have some uh, just absolute uh, venom to spit, you know, you'll probably get on the show as well. But we try to pick and choose a few and uh, i thought those guys were good so we got those in uh griff guy beat you up about your twitter bs earlier um before we get to like how do you feel after this game let's talk about that timeout for a second so you know my quick take is like i don't think it's that big of a deal i feel like the clock was running down i wasn't sure if they're gonna get it off you know it's a crucial play. You know, I've seen it many a times in football where either that'll happen or the old ice to kicker where like they kind of unsure and then they call timeout and you deal with whatever happens afterwards. So whoever called it, not really my concern, you know, Stafford going on about trust me and all these videos. It's like, you know, would you have said that? Would you have blown up if you would have hiked it and they would have just killed you and for a sack or something, you know, would you be yelling, trust me? You know, no, you'd be like, man, why didn't you call a timeout? Like, you could see the clock was running down. Like, you know, it, it's, it just works both ways, I think, a lot of times. So I'm with Matt, Pat, where it's just like, whatever happened, you had another play, 
you drew up a terrible play, you just flung it up in the air, which Stafford did that a few times. The only one I liked was that, I think it was an overtime where he threw kind of that fade away to Kenny Galladay, and Galladay went up and actually caught the dang thing. It looked like that catch he had against the Panthers where he's basically sideways, and the guy ripped it out of his hands this time. But, uh, yeah, they just didn't didn't call a good play, didn't execute well on that second try, and, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda on the one that they did get off, you know, who knows what happens there, you know? So that that's my take. Yeah, the the timeout thing, like you said, it's going down there, and I know there's points in that game. I'm watching. I'm like, snap the ball, snap the ball, snap the ball. Like the one where, um, obviously earlier in the game, where there's that whole thing now. If you clap multiple times, you can call it for a false start. That's why Arizona. They're like, oh, that's why Arizona doesn't do it anymore. And they said it, it's only. It, it doesn't go into effect if the clock's running down, and that's why Stafford was clapping a whole bunch. So he's obviously seeing that. But at that point in the game, when that clock was – he wasn't doing that. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it was covered, but the hard, the hardest part was, like you like you said, the second – the play they came back with, obviously the one they had drew up, obviously was like, okay, this one's going to work. And it worked. But then, you know, a timeout happens. You have to change your set because coaches are going to be like, well, okay, this is what – this is how we're going to adjust. And I, you're right. It looked like everybody's running go routes. I mean, nobody was at the sticks on any of that stuff. Everybody was like 15, 20 yards downfield and they just heaved it up to a bunch of guys that were covered. So it's just uh, it, the play they came back with, you know, it wasn't that great. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, like, I, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me come back. I mean, I, we pretty much agree as you would say on, on that. Uh, yeah. a couple quick things I didn't get in earlier. Hey, Jamal Agnew. You drop one more football on a punt, I'm cutting you and sending you to the local bowling alley to hang out with the former Lions that work there because I'm sick and tired of this guy. Not You have like two jobs. One is catch the football on punts and kicks. The other one is, hey, when they do put you in to actually cover people, how about you do it for once? Because towards the end of the game, it was just catch on Jamal Agnew every play. Um, reminded me I had nightmares of Nevin Lawson running through my head. So yeah, it's like you know, like I said, all those stick routes, man. He was just like everything was just a stick route against him, and he was still four yards behind him, and his break back was terrible. And it's just like I'm like at first I'm like oh it's ag, it's ag. I'm like gosh like what the heck is he doing in there? And just and they just kept throwing right at him. It's just like it was gosh it was just so annoying. Yeah, that was brutal, and, and and like you say, man, to, just wish we could have found a way to, to to get this W and had some chances to either put our put foot on the pedal or to even win it kind of in overtime there, and even at the end of regulation, I think Stafford again had you know 50 seconds, and and you know the whole team just did not execute well. So this is just what's, a what's Amendola trying to turn it up field to get more yards? It's just like oh, I mean, dude, they, that was they, just they caught it. He caught it on the sidelines. I'm like step out of bounds, and he turned in. He had to try to not go out of bounds. Like, he had to really give effort to not go out. And then the worst part was the guy comes up to make the tackle, and he tries to juke him, and he goes goes farther into the field. He doesn't even break for the sideline. It's just like, what are you thinking, dude? No, Uh. no, there's no even reason. Like, that's almost why I didn't bring it up, because it was just so ridiculous. It's just like... How does a vet do that? How does a guy like that's that close to the sideline with less than what forty seconds, fifty seconds left do that? Just absolutely embarrassing. I mean, gosh, there was a couple blunders there that, uh, you know, like you say, just one or two go another way, and we walk out of there with a big dub. So, Grifka, how do you feel after this game? I mean, 
are you there with me that was in your top 10 of just absolute heartbreakers? I mean, has it, has it settled in now? Is it better? I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts? It's, it, it's, it's always, it's going to be there. It's almost kind of like, I don't say a scar, but it is just, it just feels like a loss. And I, it's like, Oh, it's, yeah, you tied. It's like, yeah, they didn't tie one of the top five teams. You know, if they, you know, if it happened against the, against the Rams, I'd be disappointed. It's like, well, okay, they were supposed to lose to the Rams or, you know, the Patriots. Okay. They're supposed to lose to the Patriots. You know, I could live with that, but like, Everything was just like you. That was a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach in the NFL, and it, you you kind of got out. You pretty much got out coached in that fourth quarter. I mean, no matter what Matt Pat says, oh, we still pressed. No, you you really went soft, is what you did, and you know you played not to lose as opposed to playing to win. So that it's gonna sting for a while. It's like like me and you talk. When you lose a game that you should win, you have to go win a game that nobody thinks you that you're going to win. So that's what this is to me. It's a loss. So now you have to go win a game against nobody thinks you're going to beat the Chiefs. Nobody thinks you're going to go into Philly and beat Philadelphia. Those it's like one of those games. Now you have to go win to make up for this to get the records that we predicted. So that's kind of like one of those things I always look at right there. So if it, it feels like a loss and now they have to go win one of those games that like, you know, at Minnesota or or, or something like that. So it just it just makes it difficult to re- reach the goals that they're trying to get. So that's yeah yeah my here's my positive spin for the lions kool-aid drinkers like i say on sunday i mean i was i just couldn't believe it like it's the first game of the year so i was you know as jacked up as could be i felt like i was in this game for four quarters you know even with not feeling well kind of my back neck was all jacked up but i was like man i just wanted this win so bad i thought we had it in the bag so like the the positives are the team you know played well I mean, can't take it away from him. like the way Matt Stafford played. If we get that for even, you know, three quarters, not 80% of the season will be more than happy. I mean, you know, receivers made plays, tight ends obviously made plays running game, you know, can always get better, but you're not going to have every area just clicking on full cylinders. You know, there's always going to be a spot or two, but overall, you know, I thought they played well. I think overall the defense played really well. They just totally collapsed and I still can't even figure out how or why. I don't feel like anything crazy was being done that sort of just flipped the script like that. It was just little dinks and dunks and those big chucks to uh, Fitzy. So, you know, hang on to that, that we did play well. We should have won the game. Everybody knows we should have won the game. The other thing is, like I always tell you, Grifka, you always want to flip out about like you watch a guy and, oh, he made a couple bad plays, so he must be a bad football player. What about every other play he makes? That that's, counts exactly the same, if not way more than a couple little things. Same with football. Like you cannot – every NFL game is super important and way more important than most other sports, as me and you have discussed before. But – one game doesn't make or break your year right now. Like you could look back and if you're one game out of the playoffs, yeah. Oh my gosh. How do we let that game in Arizona get away? But you come back and you play an incredible game against the chargers and get a home dub that a lot of people probably don't think or didn't think we'd get. Like you say, sort of makes up for it. You go to Philly, play really well and maybe come out of there with a W. So like, I think they have plenty of time to, to correct this, but I, I don't want to go back where you were going, but I guess like I'm just with you on the, you know, you, you cannot, you can't kind of choke or get out coached in these late game situations. You got to have a little more decisiveness, you know, that Matt Pat side grin that he does a lot. It's kind of like, no, you should be the, the general in there, like helping get us going straight. But like I said, it's one game, it's week one. 
plenty of football left and everybody stayed healthy pretty much for the most part. I heard, um, you know, good reports on Jared Davis. It was nice to see that Ragnall was able to get in there. So my big thing is what are they going to do in the next, you know, four to six weeks? And then we'll really know kind of where this tie falls on the radar as well as what kind of football team they are, because we kind of walk out of there both with some question marks and some pluses. And the only big minus is sort of that, that whole end of the football game, which again, everyone remembers the end, right? Of most things, the beginning or the end and the beginning, we were great. The end, we were terrible. So I, I think that Lions fans can hold on to that three quarters, 75% of the game. We were great, good to great. And, uh, you know, I think that's able to be replicated, but, uh, you know, like you say, they just, I, somebody was asking me about it and I just said, you know, one week at a time, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself of what's going to happen against the chargers. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm not going to predict where they're going to be in first six games. I wanted to sit there now and say, okay, just find a way to score one more point than chargers. That's really all I want. So hopefully they can go out and do that, but we'll talk about that on Friday. So, uh, you got anything else? We've got a few, uh, we want to get a few fan questions in before we get out of here. Nope. I'm, uh, I'm good. All right. Perfect. Um, we, I shot out a Twitter right before our show. So didn't give you guys much time, but just put a hashtag ask DKC for Detroit Kool-Aid cast, uh, hashtag ask DKC. So we're gonna try to do that a little more often and see if we can get you guys sending us questions. Always helps if you can do it a couple days before we record here on a Wednesday, um, we can get you in, but uh, a few people sent in questions, so we'll just fire these off kind of rapid fire. Uh, we'll give our, our guy a shout out here at the beginning. Uh, Frank Ribble sent this question in. He said, will the Lions defense be able to put more pressure on a less mobile quarterback this uh, upcoming Sunday? Um, I sure hope so. It's it's nice when you're playing against uh, more of a statuesque quarterback, but Phillip Rivers has has a quick release, so... Um, the Lions don't blitz a whole lot, and uh, maybe it's one of those things they bring Kennard off the edge a little more to do that. Um, it didn't seem like Okora got a, a whole lot of pressure. Flowers, I mean, he didn't get a whole lot of pressure. So uh, maybe that was by design to try to keep you know Kyler Murray in the pocket to make him uh, to make him throw the ball. So uh, yeah, like a less mobile quarterback, I could see them maybe blitzing a little more just to get some more pressure on him, simply because Rivers does have. He has a quick release, and you know he, he's uh, he's pretty accurate with the football. So, uh, yeah, I would uh, I would very much like it if they blitzed a little more to get pressure on him. All right. Well, real quick, Ribble, I got issues with you because you're saying get after, put more pressure. Uh, Devin Kennard had uh, Devon Kennard had three sacks, and we, I felt like we were getting after Kyler Murray. That's why he couldn't complete a ball. He couldn't run because all our gaps were were filled, and we were getting upfield a lot. There was even a few times where he scrambled out, got lucky to get the ball away, or a couple good sacks that were good ten yards in the backfield. Like I felt like overall our pressure was fine. I mean, yeah, you can go back and watch the tape. There's a few times where we get locked up, and he's got all day to throw, but. I mean, I chalked that up as a pretty good pressure game against a, a guy like Kyler Murray, as well as not letting him run around and, and get rushing yards. So I feel like their pressure was was fine, you know, um, if not good in that game. And and yeah, when Flowers is, is on all cylinders and yeah, you've got more, more statuesque rivers back there. 
yeah, I think we'll be able to create a little more havoc, but I was totally fine with the pressure and, and to get the type of sacks and, and disruption that we had. So um, issue with that, but I will give you a quick shout out, Frank Ribble, because I was trying to find this earlier. I think it's when uh, after Conrad's call or when we had another wow moment, I was going to give you this uh, classic that you left on the voicemail. Here's a real wow for you. Wow. How about this one? Wow. How, how do you like Frank Ribble's wow, Grifka? I love them. Those are better than mine. But are they better than, I don't know, this? Wow. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, man. The, the, the original wow will always be the greatest wow. Wow. <laughs> it's close, but you're right. The original's, the, the original's good. Grifka, next question. Will, will the Sean Hand play on Sunday? Um. I hope so because I think maybe that's why they played Kevin Strongborn to try to get like you said that like that pass rush, but uh, Deshaun Hand's a better player and because Strong he really didn't show up at all. I don't think he had any uh, anything that made the stat sheet at all. So uh, I sure hope so because they could really use him. Grifka, didn't you learn anything from Jim Schwartz? Hope's not a strategy, buddy. Like, uh, do you think he'll play or not? Yes or no? Probably not. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I really don't know what's wrong with the guy, but he's been out a really extended period. So until I see him start practicing and, and the ball really start rolling that direction, I mean, I'd be surprised if he just all of a sudden suits up. But we really need him, and it's a it's a it's just a bummer kind of across the board that he can't build off what he kind of ended the season last year with. But hope he gets back. And I think people are overlooking the fact that we don't have the, the young pup, the rookie Austin Bryan out there. He hasn't been in any training camps, anything. You know, it's going to be one of those Lions picks where it's just like a redshirt year where he just does nothing. You know, if he doesn't get it going, I mean, I'm, they IR'd him, so he can't even really do anything till week eight. Like, I'm really hoping he's ready to rock and roll, you know, when he's eligible to come back. But, yeah, between Bryant and Hand, it's, it's hurting our defense, I think, uh, you know, going overlooked a little bit too. Next question, uh, which receivers will get the most targets in the Lions offense? Um, what do, what do you think about that? You know, for the season, or uh, um, if I'm going to go with Amendola, because what he had double-digit targets on that game Sunday. Uh, I think uh, Stafford's trying to make him kind of like his Golden Tate, wherever he you know needs a hot receiver or he's looking to get out of trouble. He's looking for one particular guy, and I believe he's gonna he's gonna do that a lot with uh, with Danny Amendola. So I think he's going to be the guy that's going to get the most targets. Grifka, you, you understand that a target means like when the ball's thrown at you, right? Yes. So you really think that over the entirety of the 2019 NFL football season for our Detroit Lions, you think that we're going to look back and Danny Amendola is going to lead the team in targets? Yes. Is it... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I'm here to tell you, like, I think Amendola can be a good football player. I think he's going to make plays as he did on Sunday, but I'm telling you, if he leads us in targets, that's a huge issue because the guy's projected to barely have maybe 30 to 50 catches during the year. I said he can maybe get up in those, you know, 60 to 80 ish range. Um, so if you're, if you're only catching 60, 80, you're probably getting less than, you know, uh, gosh, not even a hundred targets. Like you, you can't have that lead your team. I mean, I would sure hope that the, leading target getter is going to be a, a guy on the outside, like Kenny Marv, or even, you know, getting a lot of balls to uh, the, the best case scenario for an Amendola is to be like that complimentary piece that makes plays, but he, 
we don't want to see him on the field like a, a good chunk of the time. We want him play a role and play it well and, and do that. So if you're throwing the ball at Danny Amendola 100 to 120 times, man, we got issues with our our playmakers in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Kenny on that. I think they look for him a lot this week. I think he's going to just get the juices turned up even more and they're just going to have to feed this guy. So that that's my call. I'd love to see TJ Hawkinson though. That'd be great. Um, let's uh, let's go. We got another question here. This will just wrap it up with this one. Uh, this is Kurt. He asks us, uh, do you anticipate more of Jesse James helping out um, the offensive tackles this week? Uh, he said, uh, maybe use him as a safety valve, which let me take this one first. I mean, we know Jesse James is your boy. I mean, you love tight ends, but uh, I think with Hawkinson producing the way he did, I feel like, you know, that Jesse James may get a little more play in the passing game, but I do feel like they'll keep him as well as Hawk in a little bit more to uh, help with the tackles. As you noted, the edge rushers, Bosa and Ingram are, are no joke. So I think you will see that a little bit more and uh, I don't mind it. Like I say, I, I'm not the guy who was saying that uh, Hawkinson's going to average a hundred some yards per, per game and he's going to score all this. I mean, I put out my stats for you, 60 to 70, you know, in that uh, yardage range I threw out and possibly double digit TDs if it all goes well um, or seven on the low end was kind of where I was at. So, you know, yeah, I, I think they would stay in and I, I don't mind it. You know, whatever the tight ends have to do, blocking, passing, receiving, whatever it is to get W's, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's I, I believe that as well. They did it late in the game against uh, the Cardinals. I mean, helping out your boy Taylor Decker. Um they uh, they helped they helped him so yeah I can uh, I could see that happening here as well um, the uh, like I said we're gonna like I said we're gonna talk about the San Diego game here coming up on Friday um, but it could be one of those things where like you said they use it as safety valves both of them um, just a chip and go um, was it on Galladay's touchdown he did that he chipped so it really kind of the defense wasn't looking forward he stayed in a couple extra seconds then he ran out into his route and he's wide open so I could see more plays like that happening um just to help the tackles and um hopefully uh you know uh, help against um that San Diego pass rush so Griffin when you start out your answer you kind of said like yeah I'm with you on that one I mean that's basically a synonym for I agree with you absolutely uh, good stuff man uh good show man jam packed full of stuff had a lot of fun um only one other thing left to do i mean you got anything else i don't know for the people uh nope people i'm telling you i don't know when it's gonna happen it might be another calendar year or two but at some point grifka's gonna have something at the end of one of these shows it's gonna blow everybody's mind but uh until then a uh, really good fun show, not a fun football game. Everybody's got to get over that, put that in the back uh, back of the car, back window, and uh, look forward uh, to the Chargers coming up, which we'll talk about on Friday. So everybody hit up that Detroit Kool-Aid cast listener line. Make us laugh. We'll put you on the show. Um, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. You can get at Grifka at Grifka DKC. And uh, we'll be back here Friday morning dropping another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bags, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. 
drink it in, man. 